Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorization number TP slash 01005. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Big opinions, the panel. Yeah, we've got uh, Jeff McTainch, uh, of course, and Hugh Bainan on the panel this morning. So uh, with those two men and their knowledge, we can cover a wide range of skills, and we will. Just before I get to Jeff McTainch, I can tell you that Stephen Elker has just parred the 16th. Uh, he's five under, one shot behind Kirk Triplett. That's in the $2.5 million Charles Swab end-of-year tournament. So uh, I guess we could start on that, Jeff McTainch. I don't know if you follow your golf, but how good is golf going for us at the moment? Mate, it was so good to see uh, the other day, uh, Steve and, and Lydia do so well for New Zealand on the world stage. Uh, uh, the Champions Tour is a great uh, concept and, and uh, I think it's fantastic. You know, Steve Elk has always been a talented golfer, but it's just one of those sports, isn't it, mate, where it doesn't matter how old you are, you can find a purple patch uh, of form, and he sure has, and I didn't know that that was the prize money, but two and a half mil, um, <laughs> I wouldn't mind paying him playing on the Champions Tour. Yeah, he got he got four and a half million. Uh, four and a, uh, four and a half million. They played for two million last week. He got four hundred fifty thousand. Mm. So it's banking up. It's going well for him. So that's cool. Uh, Hugh Bainan, what have you made to? Uh, we're getting to um, a decent part of the NBA season as well. Um, and how have you felt about Stephen Adams and the Grizzlies? How have they come together as a relationship? Morning, guys. Hey, don't forget Danny Lee in that golfing as well. You know, getting getting his oh, car yeah, back yep. as well for PJ Tour, which is awesome. Um, yeah, the NBA season's been a really interesting one. Uh, the Golden State Warriors, back to Golden State Warriors ways of a few years ago. I think they're ranked number one offense, ranked number two defense, so just way out in front of everyone right at the moment, which is good to see. Uh, with the Grizz, I think they currently have the worst ranked defense in the league. Uh, Memphis sitting eighth at the moment in the Western Conference, six and five, so, you know, middle of the pack as it goes. Uh, and from what I've seen, you know, Steve... They're going to want more from him on the defensive end. You know, we've, we've spoken a few times, Smithy, about how he's that old-school kind of centre uh, and the way the game is played. It's a lot more played outside the three-point arc now. So he'll be, uh, you know, wanting to up the at least the physicality and the rebound numbers down low. But offensively, I think they're using him quite nicely. And the, those relationships between the new player and, and team as we're seeing around the league, I guess the big one right now is Russell Westbrook and the Lakers, how are they going to hold hands as the season goes? We'll, we'll see that with Stephen Adams as well. With the Grizzlies, I, I maintain it's still a really good place for him to be. Russell Westbrook and anyone, really, isn't it, Hugh? Yeah. How difficult is this fellow? Well, seemingly pretty hard to deal with, right? And we've seen this throughout his career. I mean, that when he was with the, with the Thunder, when he had Durant and Harden, Harden left, and then Durant left, and for all his numbers, and that's not 
you know, he's a phenomenal basketball player, averaged a triple-double over three seasons. It's just unreal. But did it help his team? Mm. It's one of those sports where, um, you know, you can have all the numbers you want for one player, but it doesn't always lead to wins. Uh, you know, it's a team sport for a reason. There's five blokes on the court for a reason. Uh, and we're going to see that it's different now without LeBron right now. So when LeBron's back and fully healthy and firing, it will become his team again. And then it's up to Russell Westbrook to adapt. Um, but yeah, I worry for the Lakers if LeBron's not on the court because then Westbrook goes into full rust mode, um, which I'm not sure is conducive to winning basketball anymore. No, it's not. And it, it, right, he, he wouldn't know what the definition of team was, Russell Westbrook, in my mind anyway. Uh, someone who yeah. uh, will know the definition of uh, team, Jeff McTainch, is uh, Devin Conway, and right now he'll be feeling as he's let them down. Yeah, it's a shame, a real shame for Devin uh, Conway. Look, he's had such a great start to his you know, international career with New Zealand. And, I mean, I, I saw that this morning, mate, and I just thought, look, that's, and as you know well, that's the nature of, of tournament sport like this. You know, these things are going to happen. It, it happened at the start of the tournament with Lockie Ferguson. Obviously, um, ironically, Tim Seifert came in for that game against Pakistan. Looks like he'll come back in. But um, I think the one thing with this New Zealand team stemming right back to that 2015 World Cup against Australia, that final, is, is that the thing I think that has, has set them apart recently is they've learned to deal with adversity. Um, watching that semi-final against England, part of me when Gupta went out and then when Kane followed, I thought, oh, here we go, here we go. But, yeah, pleasantly surprised that, you know, there, there's a team that has a, a newfound belief and Nisham came in and, and whacked the cover off it. So, um, no, it's a shame for Devon, but I think, too, it's an opportunity for, for Tim, you know, to come back in and, and go, hey, you know, um, obviously Adam had to come in because Lockie was injured, but uh, we know he's a firecracker with the bat. Um, so I think, as I say, this is a team that can deal with that, and um, uh, just a real shame for Devin. Um, he was playing so well. Where are your confidence levels, Hugh? Well, first of all, I feel terrible for Devin Conway. I think we've all been in those moments in life where you do something out of emotion and immediately regret it and uh, whether how big or small it is you know you you break something in your house or whatever because you whatever and just uh, he breaks his hand after this world cup final like i just felt so bad for him when i when it came out that he'd broken his hand i was like oh, man i know how you feel but on a much smaller scale um, so yeah, it's not terrible. And confidence levels are as they always are with T20 Smithy, completely up in the air. Who knows what's going to happen? Whoever turns up and plays better on the day will win. It's just like for that perfect fan moment of I'm going to sit down and watch this, and I have no idea who's going to win. And sometimes you don't like that as a fan. You know, you probably ask if you're all black fans who probably don't like that feeling. But with, it, with cricket, with the black caps, I love it with T20. And sit down and say, like, I don't know who's going to win. You know, and I'm just going to sit here and enjoy the drama as it unfolds. So, um, confidence levels don't really matter, uh, but I'm excited to sit down and watch it. What about you, Jeff? Uh, I, I like to think I'm confident, um, but I, I also know it's Australia. Yeah, well, look, uh, after that England performance, as I said, the fact that uh, I was worried when when, uh, when the batting was a bit shaky at the start, my confidence levels are good. I think, as I say, there's a newfound steel in this team. Um, and, you know, it's it's on display every game with this Black Caps team. So they're going to want to 
but it's this Australian side, but it's the talent of the Australian team. I mean, when you've got the likes of Mitchell Stark, you know, Josh Hazelwood standing in, and, and Matthew Wade played so well against Pakistan. It's a, it's a well-balanced team. It's going to be a heck of a final, and uh, I just think it might go in favour of the Black Cats this time. I hope you're right. I certainly hope you're right. Uh, it's 10.30 here on SENZ. Please stay with us. Got some rugby matters to deal with. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Jeff McTainch, Hugh Bainham with us this morning. Uh, they are the members of the panel. And uh, Hugh Bainham, I saw a lovely photo. I think it was on, might have been on Facebook anyway, of uh, Alan Wynne-Jones getting an OBE. Uh, from Prince William, which would have made you exceedingly proud. Um, so it was a shame he, I haven't spoken to you since uh, that test, but he, he, he limped off or went off with a shoulder injury. But uh, Wales did okay, I guess. What, what are you thinking about this weekend with uh, All Blacks and Ireland? Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this one, Smitty. Um, yeah, we weren't too far away. I think when we spoke about that Welsh side, we, we said we competed for 45 minutes and then just didn't have the depth, and that's pretty much what happened there. Um, with this Ireland game, I think it's going to be a ripper. I mean, what is it, the first of four games between the All Blacks and Ireland over the next 12 months? So there's a little bit of narrative to it as well, the start of a bit of narrative to it, which is great. Um, Ireland have gone for consistency, as we just heard on the news, just Ian Henderson coming in, the British and Irish Lions lock. So no slouch bringing him into the team that beat Japan. Um, so I think it's going to be great. I, I also like the All Black side a lot. Um, Having you look at it, you know, it's... it's uh, we spoke a few weeks ago, didn't we, about this would be the big one of who's going to be starting at 10 while Bodie got the nod, which I'm happy with. I prefer to see Rico Ioani in Rico Ioani's normal position, uh, not so much in the midfield. I was quite enjoying the, you know, the David Harvey and some Leonard Brown uh, midfield, but hey, who am I to question the All Blacks coaches? They don't often do too much wrong, so I'm looking forward to sitting down and watching this one. Yeah, I am too. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, really to watching both sides. Jeff, because there's certainly a, a real New Zealand flavour. And uh, who would have thought um, maybe three or four months ago that Jamison Gibson Park, who struggled to really get it uh, to any great level here in New Zealand, although being useful, would displace Connor Murray in a starting lineup for Ireland against the All Blacks? Yeah, it just shows you doesn't it, the different. Oh, sorry, sorry, Jeff. Yeah, just shows. Sorry, just no, you, 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 no, you, here because of the. Um, because of uh, seeing this happen a few times with Kiwis head over to Wales and play Hadley Parks, for example, who could barely get a super rugby job over here, went on to have a really good career, you know, playing for Wales. And, and uh, it just shows you a different a change of style, a change of coaching, a change of location, maturity that often these players had over later in their career, uh, and, and it can lead to, uh, to really good international careers. Yeah, uh, it's an interesting one, Jeff, for me, isn't it? Because um, Bundy, our Kiwi, know he's been around there for a, a little while. Uh, of course, but this uh, this story, uh, James Lowe, of course, we've seen there too. But Jamison Gibson Park is the is the real issue for me here because his battle with TJ Perrin, they probably know each other pretty well. Actually, will be crucial. Exactly, mate. It's a great story, um, and, and it's it's one of hard work and and, and taking opportunities. And, and TJ Perinata, who you mentioned, um, I think I saw him the other day um, over there, just saying how much of a talent. Uh, Jamison Gibson Park is and um, you know out of Gibson Boys High School you know went on and played for Taranaki and, and Super Rugby at the Blues and Hurricanes and, and then a, a great career at, uh, at, at Leinster so um, as you said it, it's a guy who's, who's gone over taken his chances and his pairing with Sexton's going to be massive but I, I honestly think it's going to be one as it always is up front it's a hell of a tight five the All Blacks 
um, have put together. Um, obviously, Brodie Retallick and, and Sam Whitelock bearing again. That front row's been very impressed, been very impressed with uh, Nico Lalala at tight head and and uh, and that loose trio for the for the All Blacks is um, is, is crazy good. Um, Ethan Blackout is playing some superb rugby. Dalton Popperley's coming back to his best form, and and I agree with you. I think um, uh, it's great to see some consistency at ten now, and and um, and giving the nod to to Bowden. Um, Rico Ioane, yeah, I, I think he's shown his versatility, hasn't he? Um, but this is an opportunity for him uh, and a, a reasonably familiar pairing with Anton to. Um, to show us what he can do again. Um, we know how he can break the game open, and if he does do that and has a day, um, it's quite a back three that they've got there as well. Interesting, uh, Hugh Bainan, isn't it? Because uh, I, I've got a feeling it doesn't matter how well TJ Perinara goes or Finlay Christie off the bench, I think the following week against France, Aaron Smith just starts, doesn't he? It seems that way, right? Otherwise, why, why would the call up? Um, I'm not against it. Again, I, you know, the same way I'm, you know, I think Budden Barrett should be at ten. I also think Aaron Smith should be at nine. But yeah, I wonder what it is like around camp with with, the, with that news and and stuff. But yeah, it, it is an interesting one. Keep your depth open. You know, some one of them could get hurt this weekend. You never know. But uh, yeah, I think you're right. So it looks, certainly looks that way. Well, Jeff McTainch, it's MPC semi-final weekend. So uh, let's look at the matchups there uh, and your opinion, please, on Canterbury, Waikato and Hawke's Bay and Tasman. Interesting one, mate. Um, I think Canterbury have been hitting, you know, some reasonably good form last couple of weeks. And, and you know, Reuben Thorne will have reminded them, you know, um, sort of where they, where they stand in the, in, in, the, uh, in the history books in New Zealand rugby. They're starting to come right and... Um, I just like the, the forward pack they've got there at the moment. You know, Jaeger, McAllister, Brown, Romano has, has had quite a season, I think, showing his wares as a former All Black test lock and, and just showing his ability to, to drive them around at set piece. Um, you know, Donaldson and, and Fergus Burke, uh, I, th- I think, have, have formed a reasonably good pairing. Um, I think Fergus has started to, you know, come into his own a wee bit more this year. And, and that uh, the back three that they've got could be the difference after that Canterbury side this week, um, Waisaki Naolo, Shafiaki and, and Mata Ali, I think that could be um, what sets them apart. Um, uh, Waikato, um, yeah, I, I just, I think maybe uh, this, this might be a step too far for them. Yeah, they've got some talent and we've seen it this year with, you know, Liam Coombs fabling what top of the try scoring list. Um, and young 5'8", Leuila there too, is, um, has controlled them okay, but it's a, it's a different story when you're playing against Canterbury in, uh, in semi-final rugby. Tasman, Hawks, Bay, mate. Now, that's going to be a cracker. Um, I think that, uh, that Tasman have, have probably played within themselves a little bit this year. Um, I mean, Hawks, Bay have only lost the one game to Taranaki in the opening round, and they beat them in the Rantzuli Shield, the Marcos, but um, it's going to be one heck of a game. Now, I, just, I just think Hawks, Bay at home are going to be too good. OK, uh, you know, that, that gives me uh, the chance to ask you, Hugh, about the championship, although there is no uh, promotion, uh, you desperately still want to win it. Uh, so Taranaki uh, Southland, and tonight Otago visiting Manawatu. How would you see those two going? Yeah, first of all, great to see Manawatu, the Turbos. You know, where I spent some of my formative years as a teenager in Hampton uh-huh. North. Great to see them back with the first home semi-final since 2014. That's great for for the Turbos. Um, 
I'll start with that Taranaki game. All, I mean, all signs lead to Taranaki winning that, right? They've doubled their win tally from the past two years. They've been on a tear. They're using that no promotion uh, slight as they're taking it uh, as motivation, I think, as well. Um, so, I mean, I mean great to see South in there as well. You think just a few years ago, it's many where they went and had that ridiculous record of however many years without even winning a game. Mm. Um, so to see them in the semi-final is great, but I, I see the, the Neki getting up over there. And my heart's going to go with the Turbos, of course, over Otago, but it's definitely going to be the tougher one to call, I think, between those two. So similar to as Jeff's gone with, with the Bay having the home advantage, I'm going for the, the Turbos with the home advantage in that one. And, of course, we, um, we, we can't uh, finish on the rugby note without uh, talking, uh, Jeff, about the Black Ferns. This has all of a sudden uh, become a bit of a must for Glenn Moore and his group, the first two weeks, no good. Uh, they can't lose to France, surely. Yeah, mate, I, I think what Glenn's doing here is he's taking a holistic approach, and, and he kind of has to. I mean, they were well beaten. They hadn't, they hadn't played rugby for, was it, 28 months together as a team. So um, whilst those two test defeats were disappointing against the Roses, I, I don't think it was necessarily a surprise. And we need to temper that expectation, I think, as well, um, when we head into a World Cup next year. But... It's an unpredictable front side. I like the fact that they've brought Kelly Brazier back. Uh, she comes back this week from injury uh, to start at 12. So they've got the double uh, playmaker option there with uh, Ruahe DeMonte at 10 and, and the experience of Kendra Coxedge at 9. I, I like that. Um, it's a shame with, um, with Grace Booker being out injured. Um, but they've got some talent uh, as well with uh, you know, Mickey Alley 2 and the number uh, 8 jersey, Lana Mickey Alley 2. She's been impressive. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, Glenn, Glenn Moore said he's named this side based on that un- unpredictable nature of France. Um, they'll be hurting after last week, and I think we'll see a better performance from the Black Ferns uh, against the French. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Hugh Bain and Jeff McTainch with us this morning. Massive weekend of sport uh, involving New Zealand sides uh, to the fore, actually, and uh, hopefully it'll be a successful one as well, particularly, particularly Monday morning. Uh, against Australia. So uh, thanks, gents, for your time this morning. Uh, We look forward to that and catching up with you again shortly.